Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, January 30th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, I had such Matt. high hopes for this high weekend. Hopes. I was high hopes. I was going to watch so many things, catch up on so many things. I ended yeah. up spending all of Saturday working on literally Upsetting. writing 22 articles for different ways that people can stream the NFC and AFC championship games. Oh, good. I feel because tuned in now, then. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but, uh, so I missed that. We're recording on Sunday. I've gotten a little watching done. I, I finished watching a Hallmark movie that featured Broadway alum, Hector Rivera. Gotta make uh, time for that, no matter what. Well, it's great, because I can do, like, other things in the background. You know, I, I, yeah. it can be in the background while I'm doing things. That's why Absolutely I watch... Absolutely don't need to pay attention to it. 100%. That's, that's literally why I watch so many Hallmark movies, because I can just, like, put them on and, like, tune in and out. It's the same reason why I binge so many baking shows, other than yeah, GVBO. Fair. Like, I... I focus on GVBO. And I'm a serial rewatcher for that matter. Like I will only work watching a show that I've seen 17,000 times. Usually it's like Taskmaster or something. Yeah, I was literally before we started just listening to a podcast that mentioned Taskmaster. And everybody had <gasps> kind of watched it. What podcast? It, it it's called um it's it's called House of R. It's on the Ringerverse podcast. It's the ah. uh, it's the Ringers Nerd Culture podcast, and they have two different podcasts that appear in that feed. One is called the Midnight Boys, which is um uh, Van and Charles. This one was with Mallory Rubin and Joanna Robinson. They are the House of R, and they were Ooh. talking about things like if you see. Like, if you meet somebody who has watched a specific TV show and, like, you know that you're going to be friends with them, what would they be? And Joanna was saying, (laughs) there's a bunch of, like, old shows that, like, I used to say, like, and one of them was Taskmasters, but everyone is kind of, you know, a lot of people started to watch Taskmasters. So So literally, that was the conversation they were having when I turned it off to come and record with you. But anyway. I thought I'd bring it back up immediately because I am an obsessive. So there you go. There you go. Well, um, anyway, I had watched the show. Sugar Plum Twist Hallmark Christmas movie from 2021, I believe. And it had the original Emilio Estefan from On Your Feet on Broadway, Hector Rivera. Mm. And he was also one of the people that was part of the concert that opened the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts here in Orlando, directed by Richard J. Alexander. Um, So I got, because Richard J. is one of Rob Diamond's best friends, I got backstage access to everything during the rehearsals. Um, And so I got to meet Hector, and he's fantastic. So uh, it was really nice to see yet another Broadway person showing up on Hallmark. So (laughs) lots of them popping up here and there. I've got a... uh, I've got a Santino Fontana and Krista Rodriguez one that I have to watch, which I haven't Ooh. watched because I actually want to watch it. It's one of those Yay, that I can't put on the because I want to watch it. Yeah. And I've got like three or four in my DVR that has Laura Osnes, which I have not made time to watch at this point. Yeah. Um, and I've got a couple. <laughs> Who a could cou- ever find time for that? I've shared my thoughts on Laura Osnes and I feel like yeah. the pendulum might have swung a little bit too far, but that's neither here nor there. I've got a couple with Patty as well that I haven't watched uh, before, Patty and Colin. So I'll get to everything at some point, unless I cancel my cable and switch over to, to a streaming service, which I might be doing, but then I have to take notes on which ones I have saved and haven't watched, but it's a whole big thing. Anyway, let's nice. get on to the show. I watched The Last of Us instead, which oh my doesn't God. have I'm... Broadway people in, but does have Nick Offerman, which is always a win. So, Well, okay, and spoiler Pedro alert. Pascal for that matter. Spoiler, Nick Offerman has not shown up yet. Uh, I guess by the time yeah, people hear this. Uh, exactly. Tonight. He, he's, he's showing up tonight. <laughs> well, depending on when you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But if you were listening to it in Patreon, he's about to show up in like an hour. So, yeah. um, Playing uh, 
yeah, it's I love the first two episodes. I did not watch my they screeners. Ruled. It's so good, but I've heard the third episode is like one of the best episodes in television history. Ooh. So I'm very excited about that. And I have to wait until um, Friday because unfortunately I started it with my partner and that sucks because now I have to wait till I'm with my partner oh my again. God. Can we can we talk Don't about get in a relationship? Can we talk about Anna Torv though? Like my God, like yeah. episode two, so freaking good. Anyway. Um, but anyway, this is a if you are listening podcast. to this, if you are listening to this in <laughs> Patreon, you also know that we've already released this week's episode of This Week on Broadway, in, we, in which Peter, James, and Mike will talk about things like A Beautiful Noise, the collaboration, and they get into a discussion about the theater scene that I actually started covering theater in. They talked a lot about uh, Atlanta, Shakespeare Tavern, Horizon ah, Theater Company, nice. Aurora Theater Company, all of those places I have reviewed shows at, um, and I know, especially at the Aurora, like I know the people there very well, so... Um, that's a fun conversation, so head over to Patreon, order the regular feed to hear that. Very now, cool. All right, five minutes into the episode, let's talk about <laughs> some say, theater. You, you can listen on... to that and hear people actually talk about theater as opposed yeah. to Hallmark movies, HBO shows, and Channel 4 shows. And and zombies. But anyway. And zombies, exactly. So, so let's get into the theater news. I, on Thursday night, went and saw the national tour of Wicked at the Dr. Phillips Center, aforementioned Dr. Phillips Center. And then mm-hmm. on Friday, we had news coming out of Munchkin Land, and that is that Alyssa Fox is going to be taking over the role of Alphaba on Broadway. And what is really tremendous about this is one, Grace and I had previously talked about the fact that Mackenzie Kurtz, erstwhile Princess Anna from Frozen, would be joining the production as Glinda in mid-February, and that means that she is going to be carrying the role through the 20th anniversary season. Alyssa Fox will be getting performances as Elphaba on Broadway on March 7th, again, meaning that unless something else happens, she will be the Alphaba for the 20th anniversary. What is great Mm. about this is that Alyssa Fox has been a part of the Wicked family for over 13 years. She's played the role on the national tour as an understudy in that old San Francisco sit-down production. She was also a standby on Broadway. And to kind of tie it back to Mackenzie Kurtz and, and Frozen, she was the Elsa standby in the original cast of Frozen on Broadway. So... Uh, it's kind of ah, right. what a, what a great way to celebrate twenty years, two decades of Wicked is by bringing in somebody who has been so ingrained in the culture of this of this show. Um, totally. She will be replacing uh, uh, Talia Suskauer, who will be departing after her nine month run, which is pretty much all uh, Alphabet and Glinda's do anymore, except for Brittany Johnson has been with the show for a long time. She yeah. will be li- leaving Glinda, um, but of course she kind of traversed the pandemic, so that obviously plays with things a little bit differently. Um, but I'm very excited about this. She's one of those like great voices that's always around and extremely. And it's very cool. She's also um an Asian American performer, which is always yeah. great to see. Um especially for color. a major role like this, one of the most coveted roles. Yeah, which is I mean, not to not to like spoil it for anybody, but like it's actually a, a an allegory for racism and what? prejudice. What so like ban it, mm, cancel yeah. it. Seriously, going to have to take off the bookshelves in in Florida. Yeah, Yeah, ban immediately. So, um, pretty incredible. I'm very excited about this. Um, I I have no idea if I will get to see these two on Broadway do the show, but I've seen Wicked Mm -hmm. now six times, so I guess it's not out of the realm of possibilities. (laughs) I was going to say, it's going to come like six in rent for you as well. Just going to be constantly in rotation. I will tell you, I believe my... 
I don't have the playbill from this, so I'm not 100% sure that this casting is correct. But I first saw Wicked in the Chicago sit-down production back in, I probably early 2006. It might have been fall 2005, but I think it was early 2006. Hmm. And at the time, and again, I don't know if they were on in these, in these, on the, the day that I saw it, because I, what, I don't have the playbill to confirm and I didn't know these people by name, um, specifically. But the, the, the Alphaba was Stephanie J. Block. The Glenda, the, the Glenda was Kendra Kassebaum. Ooh. The Nessa Rose was Jenna Lee Green. Oh the Matamorable was Carol Kane. Yes. And, and oh my in God, the, the dream. And, and in the ensemble was Adam Lampert. What? So, yeah. So, like, I don't know for sure that I saw them. And I was obviously not as plugged into the theater community 17, 18 years ago at this point. But, like, sure. I I think in my heart, that's who I saw. So, um, <laughs> yeah. It is yeah. manifested no matter what you saw it. Yeah. And I've also, as I'm kind of looking through my spreadsheet here, I've seen Carmen Cusack, Katie Rose Clark, seen Jessica Vosk, seen uh, Andy Mantis, uh, seen Kevin Chamberlain, Ryan McCartan, uh, Brittany Johnson, the aforementioned Brittany Johnson. So, like, I've seen some good people in this show over the years. Yeah, not too shabby. Some little known names. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, another national tour that I have seen uh, had made some news on Friday as Dear Evan Hansen announced that its national tour will end its run this summer. It mm. originally launched in Colorado in October of 2018. It will end its run in July at the uh, at the Coger Center in Columbia, South Carolina. It'll fin- up its r- finish up its run just before Independence Day, July 2nd of 2023. Anthony Norman is currently playing Evan Hansen. Um, you know, we've talked about kind of our our complicated feelings with sure. Dear Evan Hansen and how that has changed over the years. And, 100%. Um, Individually despite, and collectively. Yeah. And it's still funny, though, like when Dear Evan Hansen songs pop up on my like Spotify Gotta rotation, like they're good. They're still good. It's They're no, not my they're favorite. All, yeah. They're, they're not my favorite Pasek and Paul score, but like no, there are some bangers. No, it's a solid score across the board, though. I, I don't yeah. feel like that has changed. I feel like everyone's relationship, self-included to the storyline, absolutely has. And mm-hmm. thank goodness for that. So it's not really – I mean, obviously, the show's been – or had been running on Broadway for a while and the tour has been going. Uh, so it makes sense that it's ending kind of this soon, especially with the movie coming out and the lukewarm at best reception to that. And people's opinions just change. So unfortunately, sad to see a tour wrap up in any time, but yeah but it's been around the country yeah so through the rest of its run it's going to be in san francisco tucson salt lake city seattle spokane albuquerque lubbock wichita sioux falls gotta love the south dakota tour stuff south bend indiana pittsburgh syracuse uh cleveland ohio um some other great places along the way chattanooga peoria des moines toledo buffalo and then columbia so fun fun stuff ahead for them all right, let's take our attention to what's happening off-Broadway. It was announced last week that the Prospect Theatre Company will be presenting the New York premiere of the indie rock musical Lizard Boy, which will feature book, music, and lyrics by Justin Huartes and is directed by Brandon Ivey. It'll begin preview performances on June 1st at Theatre Row with an opening night set for June 14th. It is a strictly limited engagement, and it will run through Saturday, July 1st. It had a very successful run at the 2022 Edinburgh Fringe Festival, mm-hmm. and... Uh, 
Um, it'll feature a lot of those same people, including the author and composer, uh, Justin Huartas, who uh, actually did Marvel's Squirrel Girl podcast. Squirrel Girl is Ew. one of my favorite Marvel characters. So um, I love that very much. But uh, Lizard Boy tells the story of Trevor, a young man with green scaly skin, whose first date spirals into a mythic and transformative journey as he confronts villains, monsters, and himself. Uh, my friend Natalie reviews, I mean... Almost every show, it seems, at the at the Edinburgh Fringe. So I, I wonder if she oh, saw okay. that. So I might check. Might have to ask her um, Thoughts, what she opinions. thought of this one. Yeah, yeah, if this one is something we should check out because uh, it sounds it fun. sounds cool. Yeah, good name, solid premise. Mm-hmm. Love an Edinburgh Fringe show. So I guess can't wait till June. I'm not used yeah. to an announcement that's that far out for an off Broadway show. And normally, it's like. Uh, here's this show. It it's opens actually tomorrow. Closed already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We, we started performances three weeks ago. So yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of things that unfortunately are closing, let's talk about this week's theatrical schedule as we are recording, probably actually literally as we were recording, the final Broadway performance of the piano lesson is playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that closure, it will have played 27 previews and 124 regular performances. Um, just a, a great, Star-studded production, yeah. uh, and it's the highest-grossing play uh, of of a Wilson work on Broadway ever. We learned last week that, that Samuel the, Jackson money, heck yeah, but also like uh, John David Washington and Ray Fisher and Daniel oh, totally. Brooks, like just yeah. a great cast. The National Museum of African uh, American History and Culture at the Smithsonian is going to be getting the uh, the plays prop piano which is which is very cool Good. so we love so that cool. that 3d printed piano yeah it's very cool looking yeah uh, it's amazing um there had been some talk about the show potentially transferring to the west end later this year nothing has been confirmed but um that is something that has been on the cards either with everybody from this cast or at least i would imagine samuel would have to be a part of that um yeah, but everybody probably. else is so like busy as movie stars, so maybe oh, yeah. not everybody. Busy. But that is definitely. I get Peacemaker something. season two, so I can't have Danielle. My God, let's go. <laughs> sorry, let's sorry, go. not sorry. She's ours. We need the show. So good, and just the op- I want to see what they do for like the opening credits next year. Yes, please. Because like the first season's opening credits, they could keep those, and that would be great. And I would watch them I'd every time. But like, I want to yeah. see them no do. Skips. Yeah, do something else. Like do like up the game. Uh, I know, <laughs> I know. James Gunn is busy right now, like running all of DC uh, right. film and television slate. Yeah. But like, let's get let's get this going. But as long as there's more Eagly in the intro, that's oh all that God. matters. Eagly, Jesus. Eagly. <laughs> uh, Once again, a theater podcast. We're back on yeah. HBO. Also, John Cena follows me on Twitter, so I don't know why. Like, oh, he went on this rash it. of following everybody, so I don't know yeah. what that's all about. It was a very Tay Diggs. Movie, he heard but. you were big. Yeah, it totally a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, coming up on Saturday, we have the first off-Broadway, technically off-Broadway, pr- product performance of the sign in Sidney Brewstein's window. This is the revival of the Lorraine Hansberry show that will star Oscar Isaac and Rachel Brosnahan, mm-hmm. happening at the Brooklyn Academy of Music, directed by Ann Kaufman. Um, uh, Hansberry invites us into Greenwich Village in the 60s, crafting a razor-sharp portrait of a diverse group of friends whose progressive dreams can't quite match reality. Um, the entire cast is really interesting. I, when it was announced, I talked about how this was like, um, this was a, a Grace episode that we did, but like half the cast are like 
theater and Hollywood Nepo babies, which is <laughs> yeah. a thing. Like it's a thing. Um, Gus Bernie is is the daughter of Reed Bernie and Constance Schulman. Uh, Julian De Niro is the son of Robert De Niro. Heard of um, him. Yeah. Also in the cast is Andy Grotolution, who is always fantastic. Glenn Fitzgerald and more. Um, I don't know much about this show, but it, yeah, anything Lorraine Hansberry that attracts the likes of of Oscar Isaac and Rachel Brosnahan is probably it something could worth checking literally out. Literally, be paint drying, and I will see it because yeah. Oscar Isaac is in it, and yeah, that's absolutely. all I have to say about that. Totally fine. Totally fine. Um, also, to bring it back to the very beginning, very very good f- close personal friends with Pedro Pascal. So, Aha! It's true. It all so comes back. Yep. yep. Uh, and then finally, on Sunday, February 5th, we'll play the final Broadway performance of the second run of Take Me Out on Broadway. This one, of course, is the return engagement after the original one from Second Stage won the Tony for Best Revival last season. It is currently playing at the Ger- Gerald Schoenfeld Theater, starring um, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Jesse Williams, um, Brandon J. Durden and others. So if you haven't had a chance to check that one out, you have one week great. to do so. Yep. Um, it got, I had to cancel the first time I was supposed to see it. And then the second time it got canceled on me. So oh. I'm not going to see it. But anyway. No such um, luck. Maybe it will tour. Probably not. Yeah. I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess yeah. no. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to wrap up the show kind of doing some cleanup because actually we had teased that for all intents and purposes, we had heard I mean, more or less confirmed that a certain show that Grace and I were supposed to see together, but got canceled because of of COVID. And then we went and saw K-pop instead Uh was going to be coming to Broadway. And that's why I wasn't super upset about the fact that I didn't get to see it off Broadway. And same for missing it for my own reasons. Yeah. Last week, though, I heard from multiple well-placed sources that that has fallen through in the show that we thought was going to actually ironically be replacing K-pop at circle in the square, mm-hmm. um, wasn't going to be happening. Now, again, these are oh, yeah. sources and it could just, could, it could I still could happen. I could not remember what was going in circle in the square. And I was having a conversation with someone a week and a half ago, really mm-hmm. trying to rack my brain and knowing the only time we had talked about it on air was technically cut. Cause it was the episode that you, me and Robbie did. Where we accidentally revealed it and then had oh, to cut. You cut it out? I didn't even no, realize you, you cut, cut it the... out. Oh, did I cut it out? Yeah, you were the one editing. It was something. Oh. Oh, but, it, you know, it was us revealing the show that was oh. supposed to be in Circle in the Square. We I cut mean, it out. At this point, if it's not coming, it's really of no importance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, anyway. so that still could happen. Who knows? They might decide there's like a big bang and they decide to come through and get all the contracts signed. But as of now, it looks like that show is not coming to Broadway. So that would leave two houses open for the spring slash summer, uh, circle in the square and the Lyceum. So both of those will remain open as of now. Um, they could, something could change, but from what I had been told was essentially a done deal appears to be less of a done deal now than uh, we had anticipated. The other two, obviously, the Majestic, Phantom is closing, but they're going to do some renovations and the palace is still closed. So technically, it's four. But of the four that are actually capable to take tenants, uh, the Lyceum and the Circle and the Square are both uh, currently vacant and open for business if anybody decides to bring a show in. 
All right, everybody, that's all that we have. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at No This Is Ashley. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Monday, and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>